Sal Berry, and Tim Parrish. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Berry and with me is Tim Parrish. And before we begin, I just want to make a quick mention of our Facebook group, uh, the Puck Junk Facebook group page. If you want to join that and uh, talk with other like-minded hockey card collectors and hockey memorabilia collectors, you can find that at facebook.com slash groups slash puck junk. Okay, plug for the Facebook group is over. Tim, how are you? That, that was a nice plug. And yeah, it's not just cards either. There's a lot of people on there that they collect other other things that aren't card related. And there's also a lot of people that don't collect anything. They just want to talk hockey. So that's kind of cool too. So, yeah, it's like a multifaceted yeah. group. That's kind of yeah. like uh, multi layered. It's like an onion, it has layers. Yes, but it doesn't make you cry. It might. Depends. Depends on what we're talking about. So today we're going to talk about hockey cards uh, because there's just been a lot going on lately with hockey cards because the season started, you know, January. So even though we had Upper Deck Series 1 come out in November and we had like our other sets come out before the start of the season, like they would usually come out like uh, OPG and MVP, we're getting a lot of the sets that would normally have come out by now are getting pushed even later. Sets like SPX and Trilogy and then there's a lot of other sets coming out in like May, June, and July. We still haven't heard about Metal Universe, which got me excited, but I'm a little scared that we're not hearing about that. And also, you know, one thing I want to talk about, because I meant to talk about this last show, so I want to talk about this first, is the Sport Card Expo Virtual Edition is coming up again in June. So June 19th and 20 of uh, this year, there will be the third sport card expo virtual edition there was one last summer there was one last fall and now there's another one this summer and that of course is because of the covid19 pandemic uh, which of course has prevented um a lot of things i know a lot of local card shows have started up again i know that there's a local show going on in uh i don't know, say in chicago in orland park which is far from chicago like an hour ish away but i mean in illinois we're getting card shows again and the national has said that they still have plans to do their show at the end of july in chicago because um as chicago excuse me as illinois continues to open up and relax things as uh, more and more people in the state have gotten vaccinated so I guess that means that a lot of unvaccinated people can come here to buy baseball cards and hockey cards, right? I don't know. But the virtual expo happening June 19th and 20th, we won't have to worry about that or think about that because that is going to be done virtually. So here are the uh, quick details. Uh, so far, guests have yet to be announced. The schedule has yet to be announced. But I do know that registration, if you want to attend the show as a buyer, as a whatever you want to call it, uh, attendee, um, that opens May 26th. So Puck Junk will be there with the table. I don't know if we're going to be podcasting or not. I don't know if Tim's going to be there because uh, Tim's got a lot of adulting to do that weekend, so uh, he can't be playing around uh, and be a virtual card guy. Yeah, I can't be I can't be wasting my time with sports cards. You know, there's there's other things to do, like other sports. <laughs> Wait, sports cards, so, other sports. You mean other cards or other? 
No, just uh, non hockey. Non hockey, since uh, two of, two of my kids are in baseball and they have tournament that weekend and other games and Lord knows what else is going on that weekend. So I will I will do my best to try to make my presence felt, but uh, no promises at the moment. I think you do this through a web browser. So really, you just have to use you just use the web browser on your phone. You're sitting in the bleachers uh, instead of being the type A parent that's shouting at their kid to do stuff. You could be the type B parent who's sitting in the bleacher with their face in their phone. Only that would be you attending the virtual sport card expo. I'm the uh, type A minus parent where I really feel the urge to yell something. But then I think about how I stare at the other people that do and then I don't. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I don't know. It's it's kind of more fun to to make fun of those people than to be one of those people. Yeah, it gets kind of crazy sometimes. With well, some, I mean, I yeah. get it a little bit. Like, I don't have kids, so I don't have kids in sports, so I don't have any. Um, I don't have any. Got uh, no skin in that game. Yeah, I mean, my ex girlfriend used to play hockey, and I'd watch her play, and I would cheer, and then I got conscripted to be their scorekeeper one season, so I I wasn't going to cheer from you know as a scorekeeper i had to be kind of neutral even though i wanted them to win actually i did i do remember like getting really happy when they scored like a game-winning goal but trying to keep that under wraps but like you know i understand you know parents are competitive and they want their kids to do well and i mean not just in in school and everything uh not not just in sports but in school and in everything else but i think you could like take a break from that and you could you know you got you got a laptop computer you could bring your laptop and you could be on the uh, you could be at the virtual expo in the bleachers from your son's uh, either son's baseball game. That's an option. I'll have to see what's going on. So oh, no, uh, I don't know if we'll have time. That's true. But anyway, I- I'm excited about the virtual expo just because it's it is fun something the last different. Times. Well, it was fun, and I'll tell you. I mean, even though I'll be hawking puck junk T-shirts uh, available at shop.puckjunk.com. I will, even though I'm, I'll be doing that at the expo, I wasn't like super concerned about that. I wasn't like, I was more like people would come in to our booth and it'd just be like, hey, what's up? You know, I know you, you're on Twitter, let's talk. Or I know you, you're on our Facebook group, let's talk. Or I know you, you have a sports card blog, let's talk. You know what I mean? So that was the fun part. And I mean, both times when we've done the virtual expo, it usually stays open for like an hour after it ends, because I know we're all sitting there maybe an hour or half an hour. And then we all get a pop-up that says you will now be disconnected. And then like, once you click, okay, that it's like, you're, you're, you're kicked out. So like the pop-up popped up for everyone. I'm like, okay, everybody, once I click this okay button, it's goodbye. So thanks for coming. And then like, everybody's like clicking the okay button and like dropping off. But otherwise we would have just stayed there. It's like when, it's like when the lights come on at the bar, at four yeah. in the morning and you know it's time to go and you see what everybody really looks like and you're like oh look at the time time yeah. to go it's <laughs> 4 a.m or 5 a.m you know i've only done that once in my life where i've stayed late enough to close a bar and this is when i lived downtown and went to school and we had our christmas party i was on the school paper as their webmaster and then later on as a sports writer and we were having our christmas party but the party ended at like 10 or 11. And then me and another guy were like, well, we still want to like hang out and drink. So we went to a bar 
And then we were at that bar to like, I can't remember if it was four in the morning or five in the morning, but it was like the first time I remember the lights. No, second time. Because I remember going drinking in Canada, but all those bars close at two. So I remember like the lights coming on at 2 a.m. We were in Windsor and like everybody just walked, got up and walked out of the bar. And I looked at my friend and I'm like, why are we leaving? Because the bar is closed. I said, okay, so now we have to find a 4 a.m. bar, you know, one that closes at four. And she's like, those don't exist in Canada or at least in Windsor. And I'm like, oh, so we're going home now. Oh, yeah, living are so cheap. I lived in Vegas for seven years, and I had no idea what those two words together meant. Last what call. Two? Oh, because they they're just twenty four seven, right? Uh, most places are. Yeah, very very few places back when I lived out there actually closed. Um, so there was stuff going on all the time, and move moving back to the Midwest, you know, and you know, meeting up with some friends and hanging out. You lose track of time, and then you realize they're trying to kick you out of the bar because the bar is going to close, and you're like, what? What? What is this last call? That Why are they ringing a bell? What is this? What's going on? <laughs> like, is there a fire? <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess we've been back here long enough. I've gotten somewhat used to it, but I can't tell you the last time I wasn't performing in a gig as the entertainment, so technically being paid where we were at a bar when they closed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, so, just as a patron. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, virtual expo, and we will be, I'll be there till closing. Should be, uh, should be interesting to see what guests they, they have. I know last time they had Bobby Hall, which I had the honor of interviewing. If you missed that, I actually posted uh, that as one of the Puck Junk podcasts. Uh, Jerry Cheevers and Bernie Perrant were also guests at the expo and it was fun because the MC interviewed the two of them at the same time and it was kind of fun to hear them kind of riff off of one another because they were both goalies in the 70s and they had a, you know a little bit of a rivalry with Boston and Philadelphia but it was like they were both very friendly I mean you could tell that they were it almost seemed like they were goalies first and competitors second even though when you put the jersey on you're your team first and a goalie second. But since they had retired, it just seemed like, you know, that had kind of just melted away and it was all like just happy memories now. It's always interesting to hear the interviews with the older alumni because you get that a lot. You get guys that you've heard the the stories of the rivalries and the, you know, maybe the fights or maybe the bad blood and all this kind of stuff. And then you see them outside of that nowadays you know talking and doing interviews and it's like or you see them on tv talking about stuff at different events and it's like everybody's friends and chummy and it's like i thought you guys were mortal enemies (laughs) well i guess not so just goes to show you what a you know what a great game hockey actually is so i want to a couple of uh hockey card things i want to talk about uh i mean we're gonna talk about some of these more than others but really quick just want to touch on tops now hockey stickers which is like my running joke for the season uh so uh when we last left off in the last podcast week 17 uh the pack of tops now hockey stickers from week 17 sold 456 packs week 18 has sold 386 packs and one out of every 10 pack had a gold sticker of i think nathan mckinnon so there Mm. you go so there might there's 
probably 38 or 39 Nathan McKinnon gold stickers floating around there from that particular release for what it's worth. And I don't know what it's worth because I haven't actually looked them up online, but um, I do know that I'm not uh, losing any sleep over not getting a gold sticker if I don't, if I don't get one. Did you get any? Um, I mean, I am, I did buy the first three weeks myself. And then after that, I'm buying them from somebody who's buying like 20 at a time. Cause when you buy like five at a time or 10 at a time or 20 at a time, then it, it goes from being like seven ninety nine a pack or six ninety nine a pack or whatever. It, it goes down to like four or $5 a pack. And so what people will do is they'll buy like multiples of five or multiples of 10. Cause there's like a gold sticker and then they'll sell that gold sticker for a lot of money. And then they'll sell the other packs at maybe a little bit above cost, if that makes sense. So I have an agreement with somebody who's buying a bunch of them. He's just selling me the uh, each week's nine stickers for a lower price than if I bought just one pack a week by myself. I got gotcha. you. Because with tax and shipping, I end up spending about $9 for a pack of nine stickers. And I'm just not that interested um, but you know, four or $5, sure. You know, and he could ship them all to me at once. And you know, how much is it to send a couple hundred stickers in the United States? Not, not very much. So the, the gold ones, are they gold printing or are they gold foil? It's gold ink. It's not gold foil. It almost looks like a sepia tone. Okay. That's what I was wondering. It almost looks like a sepia tone, and you can actually tell if the pack has one because it's on the bottom of the pack. So the top sticker, you see the front of that, and the bottom sticker, you see the back of it. And the ones that have the gold um, front have a G after the number, so like 10G, 11G, 25G, whatever. Then you know that's a gold one. I gotcha, because last so, time I looked at I looked at those for whatever they were reselling for. I looked mm-hmm. on Comp C, and I know, I know the gold ones for the most part were twenty twenty five bucks. People were selling them for, um, but I couldn't tell if they were like shiny. It no, looked, it not almost shiny. looked like it was a dull print. It is. So. It's like a. It looks like a sepia, but more of a gold than a brown, basically. I, I got you. So I mean, yeah, I guess like if. And I think that's probably worth it if you're a player collector, because, I mean, all of these packs have been, when I talk about it, they've been selling between 300 and 500 packs a week. So um, if there's only a gold, if there's a gold sticker, one in every 10 packs, you know, you're, you're looking at 30 to 50, even though it's not numbered, that's still a pretty finite print run. Yeah. I mean, it's fairly small. Um, You know, if they found a way to, somehow stamp them or number them they'd probably be more desirable so that is true i mean because otherwise you have to guess more or less how many there are and it's just an estimate how many there actually are and there's no real no real number other than just look at what the print run is and just do the simple math how many people are going to do that though you try to try to sell the let's say you have a bunch of gold ones you try to sell them you turn around you say oh these are short printed somebody says well how short printed are they I don't know. They just are. <laughs> right. You have to do your answer. homework a little yeah. bit on this. Right. Um, now, the game-dated moments that came out uh, the past week are kind of interesting. 
Uh, Pecarine moves into 19th place in all-time wins. Joe Farabee ends season with 20 goals, second youngest player to lead Flyers in goals. And Tampa Bay Trio, uh, Jamel Smith, Daniel Walcott, Matthew Joseph make history as first all-black starting forward line in the NHL. So that's uh, those those were the game-dated moments. Of course, the Tampa Bay uh, line of all-black players uh, is definitely, it's a historically significant moment in the NHL. Um, Farabee, I mean, being the second youngest uh, player to lead the Flyer in goals, that's, I, I guess, kind of important, but kind of not important. And then Rene, I mean, I don't know how you feel about 19th place. Um I well, think considering t- with, second place is the first loser, 19th place is like the 18th loser. So Right. I mean, I think <laughs> when you move into Just kidding. I think like when Marc Andre Fleury moved into third place, that was a big deal because that really put him among the legends, you know, the top three. I mean, you look at someone like Martin Broder, that looks so untouchable, that record, you know, because a lot of those wins that he got in the dead puck era, um, but uh, well, I, I don't know. Berger, long career, played mostly for, well, yeah, played mostly for one team. Yep. And, you know, Hall of Famer. Marc-Andre Fleury, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's a Hall of Famer. He is. Um, he is. Pecorine, I mean, he has a goalie goal. Does that make him a Hall of Famer? No, because that would make Chris Osgood a Hall of Famer, too. And Ron and some, and some would argue they both should be, but I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't know about that. Rene's very good. He's a, he's a very good goalie. Oh um, yeah, I agree. But I think most people agree with the sentiment. There is is nineteenth place on the all time list worthy of going after this guy? Probably not, because just like every week for game dated moments. The rookies and the superstar players are usually gone pretty quick. And these this week was no different. They were gone within a half an hour of them going live. Two out of three. Two out of the three, right. Because, like I said, I think most people agree. Because Pecorine is still available for people that would like to obtain that particular card. The other two aren't, but that one is. So. Makes you wonder what the print run and if if these are print on demand cards, maybe they're not print on demand. Maybe they just have them until they sell out. They have I them until it... they they have them until they sell out is how they advertise them. Gotcha, but they don't so. tell you how many they have. I don't think so. I've never seen anything where it actually showed a print run. Right. So you have you have those. And then, just like with the top stickers, there's um, there's gold mm-hmm. parallel versions. But I've never seen anything that actually has a number on them, other than they say the gold are limited to 100 copies, and they're randomly inserted. So maybe 500 copies of the regular ones? Seems kind of low. I, I don't know that it is. But... Considering random, and I think people were pulling like one out of five mm-hmm. on most of those. Like, if you bought five packs, you were pretty much guaranteed to get one at least one gold. Mm. Uh, so that would that would tell you that there's probably about five hundred copies of each. Gotcha. That makes sense. So 
again, this is all hypothetical numbering because that's the math that they teach now. This right. So that's what we're going to go with. No, that's good. I mean, and especially since Upper Deck doesn't give their total uh, print runs of almost everything that they make. So we kind of have to figure things out on our own. And so, uh, yeah, I guess if someone is buying five packs, getting a gold card and there's only one gold card or there's only 100 gold cards, then yeah, then that would say 500 packs. But weren't there also other variations, like not just gold, but like wasn't there also some other types or is it just gold, if you remember? Um, I As far as the checklist goes, I think it's just the regular and the, uh, the gold. Very good. I don't, I don't know that there's um, other variations per se. Now, of course, if you do the achievements and you collect them all, you get those uh, Rookie of the Month um, cards if you collect, like, all of them. But those are achievement cards. They're not really parallels. They're like an additional. But yeah, base, yeah. base and gold variant. I think that's what you're, what we got as far as game data moments go. So I don't know what's coming out this week, but by Friday we'll know. Yeah. So uh, a set that did come out last week was 2021 Trilogy. So uh, DA Card World is selling those for 150 bucks a box. You get six packs per box, four cards per pack for a total of 24 cards, assuming, you know, that you're not short at a card here and there because you might get a twice as thick card or whatever. Um, there's 50 base cards. There's two autograph or memorabilia cards per box and uh, two numbered rookies and or rookie insert cards. So you get uh, four cards per pack, 24 cards per box and you could get two autograph or memorabilia cards per box and two numbered rookie and or rookie insert cards per box so i'm gonna guess that you're probably gonna get one autographed card and one memorabilia card and you're gonna get one rookie card and one rookie insert card i don't like insert rookie cards because people don't count them as rookie cards and that annoys me um even though a lot of times they're more limited uh in the case of like old parallel versions or whatnot um, and I'm also guessing that if it says two autograph slash memorabilia cards per box, you'll probably get one of each. I've never been, in my opinion, skunked on a box where I didn't get an autograph. Like, I've always gotten at least one autograph. If it would say, you know, three hits per box, usually it'd be like one autograph, one memorabilia, and then like maybe a second memorabilia or maybe a second autograph or maybe an Aurum insert. You know, unless you get to, like, the really high-end memorabilia cards that are, like, that use patches and have autographs and are, like, numbered, I, I don't see, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't bought Trilogy in a while. I think maybe you have more of an opinion on this than I do. Oh, Trilogy, I've, I mean, I've dabbled in Trilogy for, I don't want to say every year, but a lot of the years, and, um, you know, 150 bucks for a box. It's a little high, but everything's high right now. Um, you know, one between 110 and 120 is probably the the general ballpark on Trilogy when it comes out at first, at least in my experience. But, you know, again, we're in a different world right now, so those prices are all inflated. But most of the boxes that I've ever picked up, 
I usually get, I usually have gotten the two, the two autographs because it says two autographs or memorabilia. I've usually gotten two autographs mm-hmm. and one of them's almost always been that signature puck. Mm-hmm. Which, those are nice. Those are kind of cool. Um, and it just depends on, it depends on the, the pen that the player uses to sign them though, because sometimes they get a little smudgy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they use like those nice silver or gold Sharpies to mm-hmm. sign them, they, they look pretty cool. Um, so th- those are nice. Um, the last few years, it's been a lot of parallels and for trilogy, they number them. So that's kind of nice is to have the numbered parallels, but of course, many of them are numbered to, you know, 150, mm-hmm. 199, that kind of thing. But the cool thing I know they did it last year, and I believe the year before, is they numbered some of the higher numbers um, to the jersey numbers. I don't know hmm. if they did that this year. I don't think they did. They might have done that with a different release, but I don't think that was in Trilogy. From what I was seeing was most of the um, like the extended or the high high numbers were either numbered out of... 299 or 499 um and then the mid-range like rookie cards were 999 so um and that like i said that that follows what mostly they've done so it trilogy is kind of like an artifact set right so Mm -hmm. you get your base cards and then anything that's above the normal one through 100 or one through 75 or whatever it is base run i think in the case of uh, this year's trilogy, it's only one through fifty, I yeah, believe. Fifty base the, cards or the veterans, yeah. And then the rookies are fifty-one to eighty-three um, on the checklist, or maybe fifty. Oh, there's two sets of there were common rookies, and then there were uncommon rookies, mm-hmm. which were the better ones, and then the rare rookies, and then the rare rookie triple triple cards. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, you know, based off of based off of that there's a pretty decent chance that you're going to get a fairly good rookie out of the box. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. Are there guys on the list that you'd probably rather not have? Sure. There's like that anywhere, but I think this rookie class, at least from a card release standpoint has shown that there's a lot of demand for, many of the what would normally be considered mid-tier players, mm-hmm. right? And I think we've seen that a lot where, as we used to call them, the scrub guns that used to be very cheap, some of the ones that are more into the mid-area, the mid-range kind of players, they're still commanding a little higher than what they would in a normal situation. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's never... Trilogy's never really been a horrible box for me it's never blown me away Mm -hmm. but it's never been like absolutely awful you know now oh go ahead no i was just i was just saying it's never been absolutely awful you know the one year i liked it was when they had those crystals uh those plexiglass cards that were through i always thought those were cool they didn't have a lot of value on the back end but i thought they looked cool 
Those do look cool. Were those the ones that were kind of thick? Oh, yeah. They were yeah. really because they were printed on plexiglass. Yeah, those were cool. And you could always tell when you got one in a pack because those packs were heavy. Mm-hmm. Even though they would short the pack cards, mm-hmm. they were still pretty heavy packs. The one year, I know the one year they did them in tiers for the rookies. So they had like a base tier, like mm-hmm. a tier two and a tier three, and it was mm-hmm. a different it was a different photo that went around. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what they used to do with uh like gold label, like Tops Gold Label, where they have you know, you have the little side picture of the guy, and then the background picture is one way on the base, and then the second tier has it a different way, and then the third mm-hmm. tier. It was just like that on those. But I thought those were cool. I don't I don't think they brought those back in the set. So now coming out this week is 2021 Upper Deck SPX Hockey. Uh, right now, those are selling uh, at DA Card World for 200 bucks a box. You get four packs per box, one card per pack. That's 50 bucks a card for those of you uh, doing math at home. Uh, two or three autographed and or numbered memorabilia cards per box collect the 100 card base set so there's 100 base cards so you're probably going to get one base card per box and then you're going to get two or three autographed and or memorabilia cards per box so then you probably also get a probably some sort of parallel or insert or something so probably one base one insert or parallel maybe or two or three autographed or memorabilia cards Per box, and I gotta tell you, man, at two hundred bucks a box, and likely of uh, getting one base card per box, this is not a set that you'd really wanna, really wanna. Uh, well, maybe you do want a base set of it, but that'd be a tough build. That would be a tough build. Yeah. And you know, I did that one year with. Um, I think I did it with sixteen seventeen UD Black. I really liked that set, and I completed the base set and I bought all the cards off the secondary market because I figured like a box was like a hundred and something dollars. And I just said, well, if I bought a box, it would cost me this much money, but let's see if I could spend that much money on putting together a base set. So I did. And I actually kept like track of it on a spreadsheet. And I think the only one that cost me a lot was like Connor McDavid. I probably paid like $10 for because those base cards, I think they were numbered to two ninety nine. Now I'm talking about 16, 17 UD black. But um, well, they did the same, the same thing as on this year's SPX. They're, the base cards are numbered out of two ninety nine, right? And, and you know, SPX. I I used to like SPX back in the day because it was always that one weird set that was always like die cut mm-hmm. or something. There was something different about it, like it was on a higher premium stock or on some type of like acetate and print. Don't or... forget, they were holograms back in the nineties. Yeah. So they were those I mean, big hologram cards that looked really cool and you'd like turn them from left to right and they were holographic. And I even know I, I have one of Brett Hall and I think he's winking. Like if you turn it just right, he winks. It's kind of weird, but funny. Yeah. And and that was that that was always cool. But those were sold like a normal box. So you could open up a pack and you could get base cards and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one card per pack, four packs per box. So Four total cards in a box. Four. And the fact that two to three of them are going to be autographs or memorabilia. Two to three. Meaning there's a possibility you could get two hits making the other two cards base cards. 
Right. So at 50 bucks a card, you got two base cards that are $50 each. That's up, that's what it costs you. And you can guarantee people aren't going to be selling base cards for 50 bucks. They'll right. try to at first, but it's not going to happen because people don't have it. They don't like base cards. At least the, the ones that are looking for the dollars. The ones that are going to get the base cards are the team collectors and the player collectors. Right. And there's no player collector that's going to pay that much for a base card. I can tell you that right now. So this isn't something you're looking for for necessarily the base card. Even though there's a hundred of them, it's not really the thing you're going for. SPX, the last few years, I've liked those. The shadow box are the ones that, that I like in these. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any of the shadow box cards that they've made. But I, I think the, I think the shadow box cards are really cool. Um, you know, they're just just the way they the way they do them, the way they print them. Um, you know, the whole idea of having that you know different layer with the framework and the picture in the background, and and they're you know kind of see through. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it, it they're just cool. I think they're they're well designed and they they look good. Um, what most people chase in SPX every year, I think are the lustrous rookies. Yes. Um, that tends, those tend to command, uh, uh, I don't want to say a premium, but yeah, that's, that's where the, that's where the money is. And I believe they moved obsidian to SPX, but hmm. maybe it's always been in there, but I think the obsidian inserts that. I thought used to be in upper deck black. Yeah, those were in black the, the yeah. year I bought black and they were they were in that. But yeah, I think they're in they're in SPX now too. So um and then I think the other big the other big hit with potential potential for like patches and patch autos is the uh Pride of a Nation mm-hmm. uh set in there as well. So um so yeah, I mean you have a chance at, at hitting some some nice of the nice lustrous the lustrous rookie RPAs out of here. I mean, I'm sure you're gonna have the the big guys in, in the checklist as far as you know Lafreniere and um you know Stutzel Kirill. and Stutzel yeah, and Kirill the Thrill. Um <laughs> and those guys. Um Jason Robertson was playing in the uh, the world tournament. He's another. I don't want to say he's a sleeper rookie because there are a lot of people, especially Dallas fans, that have been touting his virtue for the the whole season. But uh, he hasn't picked up as much in the hobby yet until now. Um, but uh, but yeah, so decent set, but uh, a little out of some people's price range. Now, a set that might be within people's price range is the uh, 2021 Upper Deck NHL Rookie Box Set, which just came out. So the 2021 NHL Rookie Box Set, it's $20. You get 25 cards. One out of every 20 sets will contain a 26th card that is autographed. Some of the rookies that are in this set include Kirill Kaprizov, Alexei Lafreniere, Connor McMichael, Tim Stutzel, uh, Nick Robertson, um, let's see here, Josh Norris, Ty Smith, Dylan Cousins, Keandre Miller, uh, Bowen Byram, Ilya Sorokin, among others. So it's a 25-card set. Uh, potential of getting an autograph, um, 
if I buy something like this, I'm not really worried that I'm going to get an autograph or not because it usually doesn't happen. Um, especially if it's like one out of 20, um, especially if it says it's going to contain a 26 card. Well, I, I guess they could put in a decoy that weighs the same as an autograph, but I mean, you know that there are dealers who will like measure or weigh a boxed set and see if it weighs a little bit more. Uh, I know that people were doing that with the 2010-11 score rookie and traded set. Um, uh, there was uh, one out of every 20 sets for that year had a Taro Sujimoto card, you know, the, the player that the Buffalo Sabres said that they drafted in the 70s that they actually didn't. They just made that up. Um, and, but uh, Panini made a card of this fictional hockey player, and I was excited about that back in 2011. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I want to get that card. And, you know, when you had one out of every 20 sets, uh, having that card, that extra card and not something in its place, of course somebody was weighing, but there had to be at least one dealer or somebody who was weighing the boxes and seeing if it had that card or not. And I, you know, I probably got like two or three of the, that set um, back in 2011 because I know I bought one and I know I bought a second one to like break up for like the cards that I wanted and to get some signed and whatnot. And then I think I got a third set in like a repack box, which did not have that card, which was selling from anywhere from like 20 to 40 in like the uh, mid 2010s. So whenever a company says, oh, there might be one more card in this set, I, I just, yeah, I, I have a feeling that by the time the set reaches my hands, someone's already figured out if that's the set that has the signed card or not. And if it just, if it just says one of the, uh, one of the cards might be signed, then, you know, you're going to get the same amount of cards. But if there's going to the possibility of an extra card being thrown in there, then, yeah, somebody can, I think, figure that out. And what's the weight differential? I don't know. You'd have to set it from ounces to grams. I, I can't imagine it's that much different. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, they you have scales that do milligrams. Well, it's probably a sticker auto. Well, what I'm saying, though, is that if it's an extra card versus no extra card, not extra card with an auto or extra card without an auto, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, if all of these box sets have 25 cards, but then one of them has a 26th card... It's oh, the autograph more. doesn't replace something? It's Correct. an additional? It's oh, additional. Okay. It said oh, it might so be... be. Oh, so it's one extra. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yes. I just yes. thought I thought we were weighing the difference between what ink weighs versus not having. No, 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 no. And and it, it and I'm I'm reading this verbatim from the upper deck website. One out of 20 sets will contain a 26th card that is autographed. Okay. So you could buy a case and then you're guaranteeing yourself of getting an autograph for what it's worth. And for most of those players, it's probably going to be worth, you know, three to five dollars. Yeah, because with it hitting with it hitting one per case. Um, I, I don't know. Here, Here's the thing. And. This conversation was actually had on Twitter not too long ago with some folks. Um, and 
me being the peanut gallery most of the time, I decided mm-hmm. to chime chime in my my two cents in the whole thing. Um, you know, look, this if you want a cheap way to get a nice collection of this year's rookie class, this is definitely a way to do it. You know, did you open three boxes of upper deck and didn't get a Alexei card or series two and get a Kaprasov one? Um, did you, you know, buy a bunch of E packs and didn't get anything or whatever? So here you can get all of the rookies. These don't generally carry that much value beyond the initial purchase on the grand scale unless something miraculous comes out of this set. So, yeah, if you pull one of those autographs, yeah, you might be able to do pretty well with with one of the autographs, but those base but the base cards themselves, most people are going to be buying these up just because that's where we're at right now in the hobby. They're going to be grabbing these, they're going to be buying cases of them, they're going to bust the boxes and they're going to try to sell off the individual cards from the sets. I get mm-hmm. it. But if you look at the secondary market traditionally for these NHL rookie sets or the star rookie sets or um you know, they've been known by different things throughout the years, depending on the year they come out. Um, they don't, other than the superstar guys, they don't carry that much value beyond the initial purchase. Mm-hmm. I mean, six, seven months ago, you could have bought the 05 one for like less than 50 bucks. Right. And that's got Crosby and Ovechkin rookies in it. Yeah, and actually one of the reasons why I bought that set back in 0506 was because it had Crosby and Ovechkin and so many other great players and um it I liked that. I liked the fact that I could pick up this rookie card box set and just have cards of these players. And I like I'll give you like a for instance later on where it was actually pretty cool. Um I remember going to a Blackhawk convention and one of the players signing there was Victor Svedberg, who was really tall defenseman that they had for uh, a number of years. He's not with the team anymore. Um, and the only card I had of his was his 1516 Upper Deck Star Rookies box set card. And I mean, I like autographs, and I, you know, I wanted to get his autograph, and I had this card to get autograph because he wasn't like the kind of guy that had like a lot of photos or cards or anything. And then there was like hardly anybody waiting in line to get his autograph again because he didn't have like a lot of photos or cards or anything. So I had that card and it's just like, cool, I'm going to get this signed. You know what I mean? It was it was just nice to have that. Right. It was. Um, and then I, I think it was uh, I forget what year, but a couple of the times I bought extra rookie sets and have sent them out to get signed, you know, to certain players, because uh, sure. especially when Upper Deck was doing like the bigger sets that were like maybe 50 cards. You know, you'd have, like, a lot of those guys would end up in the AHL, like, the next year, especially, like, the goalies or something. So they were pretty easy to write to and get autographs from. Um, I mean, I like this set. I'm going to buy it and not lose any sleep over um, if it has an autograph in it or not. I mean, I bought the uh, Connor McDavid set, and I liked that. Well, it was okay. I... uh, The point is, or, or like, the Blackhawk Stanley Cup box set in 2013... Or like, um, trying to think of like another example, the Vegas Golden Knights set that came out at the end of 2018, 17, 18 for the inaugural season. 
I mean, that was a cool set. That had a card of every player to suit up for the Golden Knights. And um, it did have, I think that had that guaranteed one autograph per set. And I didn't really care what autograph I got because it was just a cool box set. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm good with most box sets. And I'm not like super worried like, oh, this one's not going to have the rare autograph or whatever. I mean, you buy it because you like the cards or you don't buy it. It's, it's not the kind of thing. You're not buying this for the hit. You're buying it for the set. And if you get the hit, it's a bonus. But like the Connor McDavid set, I think the yes. difference here, the Connor McDavid set and the one you mentioned, the Golden Knights one. Yes. And you could even probably lump in all the Stanley Cup champion sets that Upper yes. Deck does too. If I'm not mistaken, those all had a limited production run. They're not serial numbered, but I think they were limited in the amounts that were produced. Now that limit could have been 20,000 sets, but I don't know. But I think they were actually listed as limited like limited production. I don't know I, that Star Rookies ever is. I think Star Rookies is just, here's this, and we're going to run the presses until we're tired of running the presses. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they made a lot of that 2013 Blackhawks set. The The supply definitely exceeded the demand. And I mean, I bought two sets because, again, I've used it to break apart and get autographed, right? Because, you know, you some of those guys didn't really have cards in other sets or they see, didn't have easy to get. Can, you could buy those. I think they boxed those up in like retail bot, like little blaster retail boxes. Mm -hmm. And they were selling them at like Walmarts and targets in the area around here, but I could never find them. Mm -hmm. I like, I never saw them. People bought them up pretty quickly on the flip side of that. I still have yet to have to get the penguin set upper deck penguin champion sets. I don't, I have like a few cards from, from them i don't mm -hmm. have the full sets because i've never obviously where i live i've never seen them but that was uh, like a six card set or something it was it was a lot smaller than the blackhawk set was over 20 cards i, I think it was I, a, I think the penguin set was a giveaway i think i think the stanley cup one was a was actually boxed okay it was actually in a a box similar to what the the star rookies are for this year well, uh, I, I want to talk, you mentioned that uh, uh, Connor McDavid box set that came out in 1516, and I uh, I did get that set. That also had the chance of getting an autographed card. Again, I wasn't worried about it. I didn't get one. That's fine or good. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because uh, this year's first overall pick, Alexei Lafreniere, it has a box set coming out on June 30th. So this set will cost $20. For 26 cards, there's a possibility of getting an autograph card of Alexei Lafreniere. So from what I understand, there's like 25 cards in the set and then one special moments card or rookie highlights card. So I'm assuming that the 26th card is going to vary from box to box because they made it sound like it could be a different card depending and then that might also be autographed or not autographed but it didn't say how frequently and i don't think they can because um if it's like one per case maybe i don't know i think it's a little easier to promise one per case when you have 25 guys signing versus one guy plus lafreniere is probably going to have autographs in that rookie box set these are going to be tough I think you're going to see a lot of people 
trying to snatch these up. When the box release. set or the rookie set or the Lafreniere set? The Lafreniere set. Really? Because I thought he's, he seems to have cooled off quite a bit. Uh, he cooled off for a while, but you know he kind of heated back up there towards the end of the season just with the, the run that the Rangers were on pushing for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he finally got onto the scoreboard and started putting up some points, uh, showing flashes of greatness out there on the ice, you know, making moves and doing things both, you know, chipping in as as well as, you know, putting up his own highlight reel type goals. But, mm-hmm. you know, did did he perform like everybody thought he was going to? No. Does he have the potential? Yeah, he has huge upside, especially on that team. Um, but I think the the allure of him still hasn't wore off completely yet, especially for all of the quote-unquote new hockey card collectors that mm-hmm. have jumped in that see him as the face of the hobby mm-hmm. at the moment. And are like, okay, well, here's a look. I got this guy. He's on the cover of the box. He's got to be worth something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look on it, and I know, again, my my disdain for the company, beside the fact, but if you look on Com C, the cheapest Lafreniere autograph card right now is about 150 bucks mm-hmm. to buy outright. I'm not talking their stupid eBay auctions. I'm talking if you were going to buy one right now today and have it in your possession, virtual possession. An autograph card. An autograph card. The cheapest Lafreniere autograph is, a, is about 150 bucks, hmm. And that comes from the 1920 CHL set. Hmm. So if you want the, you know, the cheapest actual NHL one, it's his black achievement card from Synergy, and that's 180 bucks. Mm-hmm. So that'd be the cheapest. So between 150 and 180 is the bottom right now for Alexei autograph. So if you're going to say that there's one autograph per case of these, and they're 20 bucks a box, just like how retail's snatched up fairly quickly, I think pre-sales for these. They're going to be fairly wiped out by the right. time this release rolls out. That's just merely my my guess. Um, so I don't know. So so if you are going to get it, I would suggest pre-ordering it. Finding somebody that offers pre-orders and you know pre-order yourself a box or two, or twenty, or fifty, or whatever you feel like it. So of course I'm saving the best for last. The one set that's coming out that I want to talk about um, the uh, the return of pro set hockey cards. So back in April, uh, leaf trading cards started a pro set Twitter account and they started selling pro set football cards that were print on demand. First one being Trevor Lawrence. And I bought one because it was the first pro set card in a long time. And I'm like, okay, I want, I want this card. I want to see what it's like. And I'm hoping that they make hockey cards. And, you know, they did a bunch of other football cards that were print on demand. Some were uh, autographed cards that were limited to five or 25 copies or something like that. And they've done some other sports now of uh, pro set cards made by Leaf. 
Uh, but then back in April, they tweeted out some images of hockey cards with no explanation, nor did they give any when I asked. Uh, and then they tweeted out again. Yeah, I mean. Nor did they give any when anybody asked right off the bat. Right. It's one thing to be coy, but it's like I'm paying attention. And then it's like, then they then they announced it on uh, the Blowout Cards uh, website. Uh, you know, they put up information about a set called ProSet Memories. So um, ProSet Memories is going to come out August 27th of 2021 for $175. Let me read that again. For $175, you get four cards, two autographs, and two buyback cards of a vintage pro set hockey card that has been stamped one of one or however many out of five. And um, let's clarify this before we go any further. This is not to be confused with those pro set web exclusive sets that I think they're up to what, like 16 or 17 cards now. This isn't those cards. Yeah. This, well, yeah, this isn't those one off, Mm -mm. you know, here's Trevor Lawrence. Here's, um, some golfer guy was right. Bry- Bryson DeChambeau. And they made a Mike uh, Tyson card. Uh, Fernando Tatis, I think they had one. Right. Uh, so this isn't those one-off ones. This is supposed mm-hmm. to be like an actual like box that you buy and open a pack, right? Yeah, but it's a box with one pack with four cards. Okay. So my first problem, my first problem is that it's not a print-on-demand set. Because I would have been, I would have been happy as a clam, spending five bucks a card, getting, uh, you know, buying a print-on-demand or seven ninety-nine a card. I think that's what I paid for Trevor Lawrence, and then I think the shipping on that cost me another five dollars. So I'd probably be buying ten at a time to save on shipping and selling off the extras. Maybe trying to get a variant if there was. That's what I was hoping for. I was hoping like week one would be Brett Hull and week two would be like Patrick Waugh. Well, probably not because he's exclusive with Upper Deck. Or, you know, whomever, right? You know, it could be any player from any decade, any generation, right? On a pro set card. I I was excited about this. Then when I found out that it was going to be something sold in a box, then I got even more excited because then I thought, okay, maybe it's a bigger set, right? Like maybe it's going to be a base set with autographs and jersey cards. Because you think about Leaf, they do stuff like Lumber Kings. You have a lot of these like really nice memorabilia cards right but uh, correct me if i'm wrong but lumber kings tends to skew more original six doesn't it original six and 70s it has a lot of original six 70s and 80s is probably right about it's and maybe early 90s is the wheelhouse you're gonna find most of the players that come from really okay then uh, i was gonna say because maybe this could have been like something that would focus more on like modern era players and not like the the original six era players. I mean, would I like a jersey card of Newsy Lalonde? Sure. But I'd rather spend less money and maybe get a hopefully get a jersey card of a player that I watched. You know what I mean? Like especially if it's like a jersey autograph, 
of like a player, like a modern era player. Like again, I'll just say use Brett Hull as an example, right? Like if it was like spend two hundred bucks on a box of pro set cards and maybe get a jersey auto of a guy that you watched playing, or spend three hundred and fifty and get like a George Vezina. I mean, if I got a George Vezina jersey card, I would just want to flip it because I don't have any attachment. I mean, yes, the guy's a legend. There's a trophy named after him, but I don't. I don't have that same kind of attachment, right? I mean. It's like if somebody said to you, here's a George Vezina card, here's a Mario Lemieux card, you'd have to think about it. Or maybe you wouldn't think about it. Maybe you would just say Mario's my guy, and that's a signed card, and it's an autograph. Well, signed and autographed is the same thing. Uh, With the jersey piece or a stick piece or whatever, and you might be more excited about that, right? Um, If I didn't already have a Lemieux auto, maybe. Okay, fair enough. Variety is also good. If if they somehow had an autographed Vezina card, I'd be all in for that. Not gonna <laughs> I happen. Mean, it's gonna have to be a cut auto from like a some document or a check or something. But yeah, his contract uh, or something. Yeah, um, but even like a jersey, a stick, or a pad or something like that. I mean, I've got a something that came from in the game from the uh, uh, the enshrined set, and it's a uh, one. It's it's stamped one of one. Not stamped, but it's printed as one of one. Uh, but it's uh, Tim Horton, and it's got a piece of skate, stick, glove, pants, jersey. It's like all uh, part on this part on this card. That's and awesome. It, yeah, and it's like, am I attached to Tim Horton? No. Do I know who he is? Of course, I know who he is. He's the donut guy. But I mean, he did play for the Penguins. Yes. First for bit, um, and. You know, having that card is really cool. Of course, it shows them as a leaf, but but still, like that is I don't want to say it's like prize possession kind of thing because there might be a chance that I would part with that. But I was really excited when I got that. Almost as excited as when I pulled the Lemieux autograph. So just because it's a guy that's long, you know, for lack of a better word, long gone. Yeah, you know, and this isn't stuff you see every day. No, you know? it's it should be, it shouldn't be cut up. It should be hung on a, in a museum somewhere on a wall. But here it is on a card. So my first complaint, because yeah, I'm gonna complain because now I'm becoming one of those card collectors who complains <laughs> about stuff. I thought all card collectors complained, isn't that? What oh it's yeah, is that what it's okay. about? Yeah, what okay. Supposed to do. So I'm excited about the the pro set set that's coming out, but already I'm like looking at some of the preview images and I have some complaints. My first complaint is that they're relying way too heavily on the 89 football design, which looked cool for football because those little hash marks on the side looked like a, a football gridiron, right? Especially when the card had a green border, it really drove home that feeling of it being a football card because of the the horizontal white lines running along the sides. Um, the problem is is that it's that works for um, that works for uh, football doesn't really work for hockey, and it doesn't like it. Just it looks like they like somebody just said, "Oh, well, let's just use the football design now." I get like if they were making it like a multi-sport set and you want to have a cohesive design, that's fine. But here, like they show a Brett Hall image, 
that uses the 9091 hockey design, but it's using red and black borders, which would be perfect for a Blackhawk card, but not for a Blues card. They should have used blue and yellow and white borders instead of red, white, and black borders. It looks like it should be a Jeremy Roenick card with these colors. Um, so that's my my first uh, set of complaints is the borders, right? Like, I don't... Like, the football ones look kind of nice for the football cards. Don't really want them for the hockey cards. And then the other thing is, is that, like, even when they do use the hockey one, now they show a Gordie Howe card where it's like a um, 1,500 points card, and that looks like the Gretzky uh, points card um, towards the end of Pro Set Series 2 in 9091. It has, like, a silver and black border along the bottom, and it's, like, uh, full bleed, right? So... That looks good. That looks right to me, especially with the black and white photo of Mr. Hockey. Um, but then the other bigger problem that I have. Oh, and I'll actually just say really quick. And there also they showed an image of uh, Eric Lindros card that looks like a 9192 Pro Set. But again, not quite because I have issues with the design. It's like if you're going to use the design, just go push it just a little bit further it, it still feels off. These could be preview images too. This might not be the final product. Well, um, I think I think before you go further, Ike, this is what I want to think is that yes, these are preview images, and this is kind of like the mock-up of what they're planning on. And I don't know that this is what the final product is going to look like. I think they may polish it up on the back end because you know you talk about utilizing the ninety ninety one design. Um, on that Gordie Howe, kind of hearkening to the to that Gretzky one. Mm-hmm. If you look at um, the draft day cards that they came out with for football, those are using those are using the ninety ninety one design um, for the the draft pick cards that they did for football. So for football, yeah. yes. Uh, so when the NFL had their draft, they threw out each you know each of the players. Um, with using like scouting photos, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the little thing across the top 2021 draft. So they look like the 90, 90, the 1990 Nin- pro set football. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't think the problem is actually having the one for one design. I think they have them. I think they, they were just kind of playing around with them here um, to throw it out there and say like, Hey, this is a possibility because you got to figure they have, for hockey, they at least have 90, they have 91, they have 92 to work with mm-hmm. as far as design style. There's a lot of things that they can do with it still, and I think it's early on in the process still a little bit for them to actually throw up, okay, here's what the product really looks like. Mm-hmm. So this is more of like, I think, this is that's what I'm hoping. Let's put it that way. That's what I'm hoping. Because just like you're saying, it... It looks like it, sort of, but not really. So it makes me wonder if they're going to come up with something that's closer to the original or if this this is simply what their play is on it. Like, they're taking it, and it's in the spirit of it rather than it. You know what I mean? Okay, and I could still deal with that. My other problem, my bigger problem with this is for $175, you're basically getting a um you're getting a you're getting two cards that are autographed which is nice and some of these players that they're teasing out 
sound like really good autographs that you get. I mean, here they're showing a Lemieux and Yager dual autograph that's numbered out of 12, a Brett Hull card that's numbered out of 25, a Gordy Howe card that's numbered out of four, uh, and an Eric Lindros card. Let's see if that's got any numbering. Oh, that's a one of one. Good luck with that. A Mark Messier card that's out of 15, a Mario Lemieux card that is out of 15, and then they're also mentioning, um, let's see here, uh, Gordy Howe, Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, Mark Messier, Martin Broder, Dominic Hasek, Joe Sackick, Sako Koivu, Eric Lindros, and Brett Hall for starters. And I quote from the uh, blowout uh, cards forum. So that sounds really awesome. I mean, those are all players I'd want autographs of. My problem is that the other two cards that you get in the box are buybacks of the original pro set cards and i want to know why the hell would anybody want that gold stamping silver stamping platinum stamping i don't care if it's one out of one one out of five well one out of one is better but you know even that even a five out of five is a one out of one right ebay 101 but sure <laughs> think about how underwhelmed you were when you got a um a, a Fleer buyback from, uh, I think it was in Fleer Retro, and they had the 92-93 Fleer um, buyback cards. I mean, I got Tommy Soderstrom. Wow, was I disappointed. And I was just I like... I think I've told you before, I got Peter a whole lot. Yes, a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> so A whole lot I, I of I, nothing. I think I traded that or gave it to somebody. You didn't just bike spoke it? Yeah, no, throw it out no the window at somebody. I mean, okay. So let me ask you a question. Pro set sure. cards, thirty years later, easier or hard to find? Oh, they're absolutely impossible to not find. They're impossible to avoid. So why would I spend one hundred and seventy-five dollars if I know that two of the cards are going to be pro set cards from ninety ninety-one, ninety-one ninety-two, or maybe ninety-two ninety-three? I mean, it's basically half of it is a repack. Half of it is a Fairfield repack box, if you think about it. And we're sure that it's just a straight-up buyback as we know it, where it's the card, only it's stamped. Does not it's... say buyback autograph. If it said buyback autograph, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Well, that's what I'm wondering, is if they're going to do something to it other than just stamp it. Because, I, mean, I mean, here's the thing. when when in the game was cleaning out the closets and dumping everything and they yeah. came out with vault. I mean, essentially it was all the original cards. Yep. And they just stamped the V, the V one of one on it. Right. Right. And it was either a red V, a purple V, a gold V, or I think a green V. Mm-hmm. So they had four different color V's and depending on the V, that was how many there were. And they never really said, okay, there's 10 of these or 20 of these or whatever. They said there could be as many as these, could be as many as this. But if you look at it, there's no different. They didn't alter the card, didn't change anything. They just put that little foil stamp on the card. So really, what were you getting? You were getting a repack box of every in-the-game product that they ever had. But now you may have been looking for uh, 02, 03, in-the-game memorabilia, such and such a card. Well, here, now you have it but it's got this little foil V on the corner, right? So 
what's the difference between the ones with the V's that say one of one that really aren't one of one other than the stamp. They're one of one because that's the only one that has that stamp on it. Sure. But are there hundreds of other ones that look just like it that don't have that foil stamp? Sure. And in the case of ProSet, there's hundreds of millions of them. Yes. And so, but I just, I, there's no novelty in this. I mean, even when I bought a lot of 2007, 2008 OPG and Upper Deck would put an 8990 OPG card uh, as a buyback. Like they, they might've had some other ones too. I think it wasn't just 8990, but most of them I were getting were 8990 uh, OPG buybacks inserted into 2007, 2008 OPG because I bought a lot of OPG that year, right? And I was just like, oh, that, that's yeah, that's kind of unnecessary. Like these cards are so easy to find. Like 8990 OPG is pretty easy to find. So getting getting those in a box of 2007 OPG, I just I wasn't excited about that. Um, dude, I have so much pro set. I have so much pro set. I have like probably three 3200 count monster boxes with nothing but 9091 pro set because i've acquired collections over the years and what do those collections have a lot of pro set what did i buy a lot of as a kid pro set so i have a lot of pro set and i keep telling myself i need to go through these i need to build set build sets i need to look for rare variants or uncommon variants you know Maybe, uh, you know, one of the cards where the stat line is shifted over kind of funny or, um, I mean, I don't have any like bloody nose Paul Gillis variants uh, hidden in my commons. I mean, I looked for those like right away as soon as I heard about that card many years ago. But I need to, you know, there's still cards that just kind of fly under the radar, like the Bob McGill card that's missing his penalty minute total, right? Like that's not. Uh, that's an error that you really have to look, you have to flip it over and look for that. You know, you, you don't just, you can't just see it. Like it's not like a different photo or something. So uh, I have a lot of pro set cards and I love pro set, but I don't need more 9091 cards or 9192 cards or 9293 cards. I don't, I just, I'm not, I mean, I guess well, if there's only four cards in a pack. You're not going to get many more. <laughs> you're going to get two of them. Right. So I guess the question is, $175 plus tax and shipping, you're probably looking at $200. Do we know that that's, do we know that that's really what it's going to be? It's going to be what four, the blo- four cards so, in a pack for $170. Bucks. What Blowout is selling them for. All right. Well, I just found the sell sheet. Okay. And it says two autos, two original buybacks. So I'm wondering if all of the autographs are going to be numbered to try to offset the fact that there's two buybacks i don't know just reading the sell sheet i mean it's kind of regurgitated into the same thing that they have so i'm sure that's where they got the data from and pulled it right off of there but i just i just checked real quick just to see and yeah everybody's pretty much got it at the same price 175 bucks Mm. well maybe 175 for two autographs is okay i mean considering that a box of um what spx is $200 and that's uh, two or three autographs and or memorabilia cards per box for uh, uh, 2021 SPX. 
This is going to be uh, retro players instead of current players. This is going to be sticker autos instead of on-card autos. But, um, you know, sticker autos don't look bad. I don't mind sticker autos if the design is good. And these have a pretty good design as, as far as the way they designed the cards to look. Yeah, if they fit the design and it's not noticeable that they're stickers, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I get it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I oh, and I don't know if every autographed card is numbered because now I'm looking at a Lemieux Yager one with the red border that's numbered out of twelve, and then I'm looking at a Lemieux Yager with a yellow border, and that one I don't see, and they're the same card, same pictures, and they both say ninety one, ninety two at the top, even though it's using an eighty nine football design okay my head just blew up a little on that and uh this one doesn't have a number on it so there might be some unnumbered autographs in there as well which i guess i'm really okay with if it's players that i like then i don't really care i mean if it's a numbered card then it's i guess it's like this if it's a player i don't like i want it to be numbered so it has a higher resale value and if it's a player that i like then i don't really care because i like the card and i like the player and it doesn't matter to me if it's if it's like limited to one, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I have this. But if it's like, if there's like another hundred or thousand like it, I don't really care because I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's going to make the biggest difference. You know, if it's a player you care about, then you might give it a pass a little more than you would something else. Right. So, so. is this something that you think you would be buying? I, I'm debating about how much of it I'm going to buy because. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to buy a box. I don't know if I'm rich enough to buy a case, because that's a lot of money for 40 cards. Four cards per box. Ten boxes per case. To spend $1,750 plus tax and shipping, let's just say $1,800, maybe $1,900. Sales, sales tax is 10%. So I'm looking at like $1,900 to basically get 20 autographed cards. And so almost $100 per autograph. Let's just say $90 per autograph card or however you want to slice it up. I mean, or you're ending up with 20 buybacks, which I mean, you know what? I'll stamp pro set cards, puck junk, one of one and send you one. Uh, I have to work on making a stamp, but I'll do that. I'll send them That's out for not free. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Here, not you know a what? bad idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a Bruce Shoebottom card autographed by Tim Parrish and numbered out of twenty. Where are you gonna get that autograph from? Well, you're gonna sign some stickers. You're gonna send them to me. They could just be Avery mailing labels, and then I'm gonna stick them on Bruce Shoebottom cards. But how can you guarantee that I signed them? In the presence of a witness as representative. Because I'm going to be watching you on Skype when you sign them. Oh, okay. Yes, I have this all figured out. So I was just making sure. If you'd like a 9091 Pro Set Bruce Shoebottom card signed by Tim Parrish and then stamped one of one by Puck Junk. Well, can't be one of one. It was about out of 20, I thought. Oh, yeah, that's right. It'll, It'll still say one of one, but it's out of 20. I have to think this because the card will be stamped one of one, but there's going to be 20 of them like it. So I have to rewrite the sell sheet on that. So I guess that's the thing. Like, this is what I would have liked. I would have liked $100 a box 
one autograph per box, 10 base cards. However you want to do it. It's called Pro Set Memories. Make a 100-card set. Make a 100-card set. Just pick guys from your pool. You can't use Gretzky. Can't use Wah. You can't use McDavid, and he's current anyways, and it's called Pro Set Memories. So find 100 guys, Phil Esposito, Bobby Hull, Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, Mark Messier, you know, guys who aren't signed to Upper Deck exclusive contracts. Make a 100-card set, one autograph per box, 100 bucks. none of the silly buyback stuff. If you're going to do silly buyback stuff, make it a buyback auto. I mean, especially if you have Mark Messier, Brett Hull, and Yarmir Yager, guess what? I probably have 100 Yarmir Yager 90-91 Pro Set rookie cards. They're not hard to find. Make that your buyback. You get a bunch of those. You get Yarmir Yager to sign them. You put those in as a buyback autograph. Now, that would be cool. That would be cool. I would be okay with that. What if they made short-printed manufactured error cards just to kind of go with the whole pro set screwed up and made error cards of everything to kind of harken back to that. As funny as I think that is, I think now that would almost be unacceptable because even though things still do. Tops does that crap all the time with their stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, like, Oh, that was a mistake on purpose mm -hmm. kind of thing. Well, I think that, like, if you think of, like, the pro set errors that have any sort of notoriety, you got the Paul Gillis bloody nose card from 1991. You got the Shane Corson corrected all-star card where they spell his name right, which is hard to find. You have the Dave Manson error, which pictures Steve Conroy, which is not hard to find. The actual corrected photo with Dave Manson on the Dave Manson card is harder to find, but not impossible to find. So... There's nothing fun, like, there's not like a, uh, what was it, the 89, was a Dale Murphy uh, baseball that had the photo flipped? I mean, yeah. that was that's kind of a fun error, because that seems more like, I don't say an honest mistake, but I mean, that was just like a mistake. That's understandable, but I don't know if I would really do any errors. Yeah, it's too gimmicky for you? I think so. I mean, okay. errors back then happened because... You, you didn't have the technology or you just didn't like nobody noticed the, the writing on the knob of Billy Ripken's baseball bat until it was too late. And okay. You know, now everything is scrutinized. You know, now you have people designing these cards in Photoshop and you know what? They're, they're probably zooming in and they're probably airbrushing sponsor logos off of like things in the background and stuff. So, I mean, now everything's really scrutinized. And back then it was much more of a cut and paste rush job. I mean, you know, you have like cards where like you had the wrong player pictured, right? Because people didn't honestly know. They didn't know if that was Al McAdam or if that was Bernie Wolf, right? It was a dude with dark hair and a mustache on the Capitals, right? Errors like that happened, right? Steve Larmer and Steve Ludzik, right? Being swapped on the cards. I mean, Number 28 and number 29, they're both named Steve something, right? They both played together in juniors and in the minors. So those mistakes are a little bit more honest. I think now because we have information at our fingertips. Okay, so we're out on those. What if they intentionally put in like a, a goof card? Like, have you ever seen the, uh, the old Ludd Denny card where it shows him as the coach of the Giants? 
Yeah. From Pro Set. What if they threw a one with Brian Gray maybe as a coach in the background? Oh, like that football card they tweeted out. Okay, I didn't know if you saw that or not. I was going to say, because if you did, they already did one. <laughs> yeah, there was well, a variation I mean, on the Jamar Chase uh, draft card. Yeah. They put Brian Gray's head on some dude in the background. <laughs> yeah. I don't I know mean, if that's the actual variation or not, or if they were just goofing around. Well, either way, it's fun. I mean, I know that Lud Denny appeared on the 91-92 Parker Santa Claus card. Yeah. As an elf. He's on the actual card, right? Like, that wasn't like... There was only like a couple of those made. He's on the actual Santa card. He's Correct. just one of the elf people. No, not one of the elf right? people. There's a there's a poster hanging on the wall behind Santa Claus that looks like an employee of the month poster. Okay, that's him on there. Yeah. Because I know I the giant. I know the Giants one. That was like a promo card or something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually packed out. Yeah, I mean, and nowadays there's really no. I mean, yeah, typos happen, misspellings happen, but I mean. Things are easier to change, and I feel like there's a lot more at stake with, like, licenses and stuff. So, I mean, companies are a lot more careful. But, again, information and everything else travels a lot faster, so it's easier to look up, hey, how is this guy's name really spelled? Or did he really score 30 goals last season? Or was his last amateur team this or that? Or whatever. I mean, a variation can be fun, and I'm not I'm not against the idea, but I think, like, you switch Yager and Lemieux on their cards on purpose as an error, I think it would irritate people more than amuse them. And it'd probably irritate the players, too, more than amuse them. Maybe. I mean, it might. I don't know. So many people are, like, so into this stuff now, and there's so many more people that have jumped back into the hobby that are looking to you know, conjure up their youth of the late 80s, early 90s that I think people still just, they're going to snatch this stuff up. Mm-hmm. Four cards, ten cards, I don't think it matters. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm definitely going to buy some. I just don't know how much. I guess I could buy a couple of boxes and I can either be pleasantly surprised or I could be disappointed, but this isn't really like a set builder set. This is more of just like a hit chaser set and with no base set to collect, I probably won't feel compelled to buy them all especially since like the autographs are like most of them or a lot of them seem to be numbered and some of them seem to be not numbered so i mean maybe there is a possibility of building an unnumbered autograph set and that might be kind of cool but also that might be really pricey oh we'll wait and see i was thinking maybe those were just mock-ups and it was going to be better or whatever but i don't know looking at that sell sheet that might be actually what it is Mm. that's the design those are the players and that's the collation, and there you go. We'll see. Still no date on it, though, right? Well, it says August 27th. Oh, okay. I mean, I'll probably pre-order, and then if it's still available after that and I have money left over from the National, which is coming to Chicago at the end of July, then nope. uh, maybe maybe I'll buy more, depending on how fast it sells out or not. I think that this is like, because it's not an upper deck set and because it's not a licensed NHL set, I feel that like a lot of like the flippers, the hit chasers, the you know, the people looking to make a quick buck are probably not gonna buy this set because half of these people who are flipping probably don't know who Gordy Howe is. So that leaves it for the real fans like us who actually A liked Pro Set, B watched hockey back in the eighties and nineties, and C aren't super concerned about the hottest rookie of right now. 
I mean, yeah, we want to collect rookie cards too, but we also have an appreciation for the older players that is definitely lost on the people who are just looking to um, pump and dump or buy and flip at a quick profit. Yeah. Okay, so any other thoughts before we wrap this one up and call it a podcast? I have so many thoughts, but I'll save them for another time. Yeah, and maybe we'll get somebody from Leaf on here to talk more about this set, because I definitely want to pick their brain about it. I still have so many questions that need answering. It's a good idea. Okay, well, awesome. Thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. As always, if you would enjoyed this show, please like and subscribe. If you'd like to sponsor this show, consider buying a t-shirt at shop.puckjunk.com. And until next time, collect what you like. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at PuckJunk.